Ladies and gentlemen, this show is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. Uncensored, unfiltered, uncut. You are listening to Just Thinking with the one and only Stan Wangland. of this beautiful day since we're together we might as well say would you be mine would you be mine won't you be my neighbor won't you please won't you please please won't you be my neighbor 
Hey, everybody, this is Stan Wangland, and welcome to Just Thinking. How the heck is everybody doing today? I hope you're doing great no matter where you are in the world, no matter what time it is, day, evening, nighttime, middle of the night, early morning, whatever. I hope you're having a great day. I hope everything is going your way. And for all of those of you who follow football, again, <laughs> my goodness gracious, American football. I know we're in over 90 countries, so I have to say American football, not soccer, not that kind of football. But uh, the uh, New York teams, again, man, the, the Jets, man, down the crapper again. So whatever. Uh, my show today, uh, actually, I'm taping the show uh, on Sunday evening, was about hope. So I hope the Jets and the Giants and, everybody, and the other teams that are getting killed in the NFL, some of them are really due for a win. And uh, congratulations to the Miami Dolphins, whose new coach won his first game. They're now one win and seven losses. And you would think that they won the uh, Super Bowl. They were happy to have a win. Well, speaking about having a win or not, uh, today's show, <laughs> I hope, is a funny show. Uh, for you and uh, it, it's a show that amazes me I was talking to somebody <laughs> today about all the differences in cultural values that we, we have today it's 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 quite different when I was a kid of course uh, everybody when they hit a certain age says that you'd be 35 and saying that when you're approaching uh, 69 or 70 years old like I am uh, the world is quite a different place you go from uh, you know leave it to beaver to whatever uh, that's out there. But one of the guys that um, that was around all the time on television when I was growing up was Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, of course. And Tom Hanks is coming out with a movie. I, I think it comes out for the holidays on uh, talking about, you know, Mr. Rogers and, and what a profound effect he was on uh, kids in, you know, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And um, uh, that is true. And uh, if I always mention on this show that I'm a psychology and I wound up for over 35 years being in charge of, amongst many other things, I was the director of uh, the high risk birth clinic, which, is, which was a clinic for kids. Uh, I also was chief of services um, of uh, children's units as well as adults. units. So I was around little kids all the time, but particularly for well over 20 years. When, you know, my, my office, my main office was in the, uh, the clinic, the kids clinic. And, and that's what we dealt with, all little kids all the way from infants to, you know, going up to five, six, uh, sometimes eight years old, uh, that kind of stuff. So having familiarity with kids uh, is uh, certainly uh, right up my uh, alley. And I was also attending psychologists uh, in Georgia, the Georgia Regional Hospital for the Children and Adolescent Program. Um, you know, and I also worked for the Division for Youth for a number of years. So, um, you know, a few years, actually. So uh, I've had a lot of experience working with kids, kids who were developmentally disabled, kids who had learning problems, kids who were juvenile delinquents, uh, kids who were just lovely kids that uh, they're all lovely in their own way, I guess. And, uh, you know, kids who were just kids that uh, came in and there was, they're just you know, just normal kids, and we, they just needed some diagnostic work done to, to see what the heck was going on with them. And on top of that, I, I taught uh, child and adolescent development for, uh, oh my goodness, like probably about 15 years. 
Uh, I don't teach that particular course anymore, but uh, I was asked to do that due to my experience in the field. So I spent a lot of time on development and, and all that kind of stuff and how kids act and I've always had a great relationship with kids, probably because I'm a big silly ass kid myself. But, uh, you know, and I'm not a threatening figure to kids or animals or things like that. So I, I get along well with those populations, as well as people who have emotional problems or people who are, um, who are you know, developmentally disabled, for lack of a better term. Uh, they feel very comfortable around me because I feel very comfortable around them. And surprisingly, my classes uh, in child development were very well attended by students and, and students who were not studying to be psychologists for the most part, but students who were studying to be teachers, you know, in the early childhood uh, development program. So, you know, I had a lot of people who uh, were working, uh, you know, with little kids or kids and, you know, they were going to be on a very intimate basis with them all the time. And my classes, like I said, were very popular. I was very popular with the students on that, taught a very interesting course. And one of the people who would always come up, <laughs> I'm sorry, I start to laugh, is Fred Rogers. And, uh, you know, he'd come up and somebody would say, what would what, you think of Mr. Rogers? And I, I would so many times bring Mr. Rogers up before somebody would come to that stage and talk about Mr. Rogers as well. And I would ask the students the same question. I said, what do you think about Mr. Rogers? And I would let them know. I said, no. I'm not fooling with you because the first five or 10 minutes of my class would always be kind of like a stand-up comedy routine with the funny things about psychology or whatever we were going over, you know, because I like to teach that way. And I think it gets people's attention. And I think the kids immediately knew where I was going with this. I said, did you adore Mr. Rogers? Uh, you know, if you were kind of a latchkey kid or did you hang on his every word Did he help raise you or did you feel like I felt and somebody would always complete the sentence like he was a child molester. And I would say, yeah, man. And uh, he, th there are going to be people now who are turning the show off <laughs> who want to shoot me and that are going to give me that first nasty email and say, what the hell is the matter with you? Mr. Rogers, for my culture, you know, and I will say my culture, not American culture, perhaps, but the culture of Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, of a lower a blue collar class kid, Mr. Rogers was everything your parents, your teachers in school, <laughs> the cop on the corner, your uncles and everything were telling you, stay away from a guy like this. What the hell is the matter with this guy? You know, and the very, it, it's hysterical because I tell this to people and they, they look at me. A lot of people start to let the kids in the class, college students will laugh their ass off who remember him. And, and you the class is pretty split. Um, half and half, sometimes more than half say, no, he creeped me out. Uh, sometimes you'll get a class that said, no, he was a wonderful guy. I used to look forward to him. Never, never. I would, Mr. Rogers, I might see if I had the stomach flu. And I'd watch him, and it was like, even as a little kid, I would look at this guy in, um, in, in fucking disbelief. I have to use bad language there. Uh, uh, forgive me. I would have to say, as a kid, what, what the hell is the matter with this guy? Number one, he had that, he had a very weird, 
delivery, you know, whatever, whether he was Midwestern or however he would talk. Hello, let me be, let, hello, how you, let me be your neighbor. Hello, neighbor. Uh, and we have Mr. Whatever. It was like this sickeningly sweet, weird way of talking. And it was very, I'm serious, it was very troubling. Uh, he gave every indication to me that he was, I didn't know what the term was, <laughs> that he was a pederast, that he was a child molester, that something weird, something bad, something uh, out of a horror show was going to happen. And what were some of the weird things that he did? He didn't hold him himself. He didn't walk or his mannerisms were very, um, I would I would have to say they were very effeminate. They were very unmanly. They were very... Uh, I don't even know. They weren't feminine. They were just, they just weren't manly gestures. And uh, of course, uh, you know, gender, when I was a kid, was very clear. Uh, this is not 2019, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, gender is way uh, on the other end of the, uh, the spectrum. Uh, you know, there were very clear-cut expectations as to what was male behavior, what was female behavior, and there were really no friggin' in-betweens on that. Uh, although some people might be called a tomboy with a girl. We go over this in class. It's very fascinating. Other things, uh, you know, boys might be called a sissy, you know, things like that. Those are terms which are, you know, highly insulting now. And I'm using those terms for the point of reference on here for those people who are the political correctness uh, police. I don't, you know, call people tomboys and sissies in the in the 21st century or any such thing. But this is, um, you know, what people thought back in the day, uh, at least in my environment. And other weird mannerisms that he had were that this thing where he comes in and when he would sing that crazy little song, you know, you know, welcoming to his neighbor and come out. And then the way he would change his clothing. I'll never forget. I've heard so many people say the same thing. And I, I, I hope some of you will remember the show. If you were troubled by it, would say the same thing. I never saw my old man come in. And of course he changed his work clothes or, you know, changed his clothes and, you know, uh, you know, put something else on, but he didn't say, hello, Stanley, welcome. Uh, how are you doing today? And let's slip our shoes on. And, you know, he didn't take his shoes off and, you know, make a weird ritual out of it and then slide into a pair of slippers and, you know, then, you know, take his jacket off and put a cardigan sweater on or so. No, man, you know, and again, I, I'm, it is funny because I'm talking from a different, you know, typical blue collar, you know, uh, thing. Somebody would come in, you know, and, you know, uh, take the shirt off and be sitting in their T-shirt, open up a can of beer or smoke a cigarette or whatever. <laughs> it certainly was not Mr. Rogers. So, um, you know, Mr. Rogers behaviors, uh, putting shit in the closet, uh, you know, all that weird stuff, uh, his weird vo uh, vocal mannerisms, his weird physical mannerisms, um, this very weird style of speaking, which I understand his producers called Freddish because he was Fred Rogers. And after several years in the show, they, um, you know, they actually described his speech as being called Freddish. And he was a wonderful man that that's and he was really did a lot for kids. I have to say that. But for 
millions of other kids like me. I'm sure I was not the only one from the, the vast numbers of people that I've had. I think he was patronizing the way that he would speak. I didn't, he, he worked very hard. I guess he had, according to this one article I saw today, looking up things about him, that's a popular one that's out right now. He had like nine, um, nine steps in a pamphlet of how you phrase out things so that's crystal clear to kids so they don't get confused about things in any way. Like, uh, you know, that you're not worried about going down the drain when you take a bath or putting your pet to sleep, which is a term that we used. You know, he didn't want kids to think that if they went to sleep that they wouldn't wake up or, you know, it, it was more like today, I think. He was ahead of his time where he was, you know, overly sensitive with kids, overly sensitive and worried so much about that kids didn't understand things and kids um, were very uh, fragile, that they came up with false expectations, which they can, they can do all of those things. But there are also things I have to be honest with you, which is the thing I didn't like about Mr. Rogers, that a lot of his stuff was just dumb to me and to my friends. When he stood there and he had, uh, I think the, the cartoon characters were Kingy and Queenie and, you know, he had the, uh, the little uh, train that came around. I mean, for crying out loud, it was like for a friggin' one and a half year old. And none of that stuff was interesting to me. Now, on the other hand, uh, when I saw cartoons like Rocky and, you know, and Bullwinkle, Rocky and his friends, you know, that, you know, look like kids cartoons, but was meant for adults uh, or the soupy sales show or things like that, or the Sonny Fox show or, you know, all the other, you know, um, uh, Chuck McCann people. Most of you won't remember these things. They were, they were famous kid time shows, the Popeye three stooges kind of things. Those were all the things that I could relate to and the people that I grew up with that could relate to. And we were stronger, we were stronger kids. Uh, we had divorce in our neighborhood, rare, you know, with, with some families, but there, there was, you know, all kinds of marital, uh, you know, problems and, and, and uh, you know, all kinds of you know, people losing jobs, people dying, the, the same kinds of things as today. But kids didn't seem to be as fragile as what Mr. Rogers uh, projected on his show. Now, on the flip side of Mr. Rogers, uh, he certainly doesn't have his detractors. He has people that uh, just say over and over again that uh, they had nobody in their life to understand certain thing, things. And uh, when, when Mr. Rogers was on, people, they just felt better. They felt better, they felt understood, they felt loved. I don't know if loved is the answer, but they felt secure, you know? And uh, I think the thing with Fred Rogers is Fred Rogers, the wonderful man that he was, he was really looking at the theories of psychologists like Eric Erickson, you know, Terry Brazelton, Dr. Spock, other psychologists uh, that were out there. And, and trying to do things which were psychologically sound for kids. And, uh, you know, he was taking this very uh, careful uh, academic process uh, with kids. And evidently, a lot of kids like that. Now, again, for me, did I want to be in his neighborhood? Hell no. 
Uh, if you would have said to me, uh, I'm going to drop you off for the evening to play with Mr. Rogers, it would be, hell no, I'm not going. That guy's too weird for me. Now, a whole bunch of other kids, uh, he was like a god to them. But anyway, that's my spin on Mr. Rogers and lots of other people. Was he like a weirdo, kind of like a junior pedophile, or was he this wonderful, uh, caring guy that made uh, me and my friends feel very, very comfortable. The answer is a resounding no. As a matter of fact, not only did he not make um, us feel comfortable, he, I guess what my show was trying to say in a, in a, a funny way, hopefully, no, he, he made me feel very uncomfortable. And it wasn't homophobia or this or that. He had a lot of weird behaviors. Again, he was like everybody's crazy uncle or some weird guy in the neighborhood. People would say, again, stay away from that guy. Something's not quite right with him. So who knows? Uh, evidently, what have the facts shown? That the person who wasn't right in life was me. <laughs> and that Fred Rogers was right, damn it. He was right. And uh, all those people coming to my house with T-shirts and cans of beer and smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I don't know. They, they all led, you know, they all lived to their 90s and had good lives and everything else like that, I guess, or a, a, a whole bunch of them. But uh, Fred Rogers, no, no, and no. I'm glad he was around. I know he was a wonderful man. And if you love Fred Rogers, I don't know what the hell is your problem. <laughs> But I had to do the show because I, you know, I, I saw this again with his movie coming out and I saw a couple of articles on him and I said, oh, Jesus, Mr. Rogers, I have to, I'm thinking about him now. I got to tell the folks who listen to my show, my feelings on poor Mr. Rogers. He was a weirdo. I'm sorry. I've, I've been being too weird for me. And he was a terrible ventriloquist. The only person, by the way, and I will end the show, who was as bad as him was, uh, or as weird as him was, um, there was a guy on in the afternoons in New York City, the city on Channel Eleven, that was WPIX, or he might have been on Channel Nine, same kind of channels. Um, Claude Kirshner, and he had a three ring circus, and he was another guy who kind of looked uh, even cr crazier than uh, Fred Rogers did, and uh, he had one ringmaster's thing on. And he would do the three ring circus. Get a Google video on him, Claude Kirshner, and uh, see what you think. So uh, anyway, folks, I'm glad you enjoyed uh, today's show, or I hope you enjoyed today's show. And uh, won't you be my neighbor? Not. I'll catch you next time on Just Thinking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin. Please feel free to follow and subscribe on whichever podcasting service you use for your podcasting needs and give us a rating and review for Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin. And also, you can check Stan out on Twitter. It's at S. Wanglin. That's at S. Wanglin. W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D on Twitter. And you can also follow all the great shows on the Reality Check Podcast Network on our Instagram page, Reality Check Podcast Network, or on our Twitter, at our podcast network on Twitter. And if you are interested in advertising or sponsoring your products, your services on this show, all you have to do is hit me up 
at wwrpodcast.com at gmail.com and find out about the great rates to advertise on shows like Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin and the many, many more great shows on the Reality Check Podcast Network. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms.